Happy Friday, fight fans. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. DM or follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else, be sure to subscribe to us. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate the feedback. Thank you, everybody. And we talk about MMA judging, so you should familiarize yourself with the criteria. And you can find that at abcboxing.com. Dan, we've we've got a really great fight from past judgment today to anchor the episode. Uh, and later on after that, you know, we'll we'll look ahead, obviously, to this weekend's very deep UFC 255 card from the Apex. But I don't really want to waste any time here. Like, right? Like, we kind of want to get into this fight. Yeah, let's do it. This fight, a legendary fight. And this is not an understatement. Or this is not overselling it, I should say. This is most definitely a legendary fight, right, Dan? You might be underselling it. This might be one of the greatest fights of all time. I I think you're right. They were calling it that at the time. Dan Henderson against Mauricio Shogun, who a number one. I think everybody remembers watching this, right? Uh, Yeah, and if you haven't, I mean, I feel excited for you if you haven't watched this yet and you're just going to listen to our show I, I mean i don't know why you would do that go watch the fight go find it somewhere if you have fight pass get it if you can't just ask a buddy see if they'll help you out here you got to watch this fight it's fantastic and then you'll know what we're talking about that'll be good <laughs> but of course you know since we score fights in past judgment just a little differently let's just remind listeners how it works CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. And like certified judges, we score the rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All of this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, start by setting up Henderson Shogun 1. Yeah, man, so this was the headliner of UFC 139 from the Honda Center in Anaheim, California on November 19, 2011. As we record this, Dan, it is November 18th, 2020, so almost exactly nine years ago. Perfect timing. It's crazy. (laughs) Part of a huge month, actually, for the UFC back in November 2011 here. They had debuted five-round non-title headliners just a few weeks earlier. So this was actually the first such main event for a pay-per-view. Interesting. Perfect choice for it, right? Yeah. And the week before was the UFC... First fight on Fox, right? When yeah, I was going to Santos yeah. quick KO'd uh, Cain Velasquez. Yeah, I wasn't sure now. I was going to say something, but I'm glad you brought it up. Yes, yeah, it definitely was. It, it was interesting kind of looking back. It's like, this really was like a huge month for the sport and for the UFC. Seems like November is always a big month for the UFC anniversary or... or uh, Right, the anniversary of the first one in in, uh, in Colorado and Denver. Or some kind of milestone or something. Yeah, and... and yeah, the that's when they do a lot of their Madison Square Garden cards. And every Madison Square Garden card has been November now. Hmm. Not this year. No, a little different this year. <laughs> <laughs> but back to this fight. So age 41, Dan Henderson's coming in. And it's his first fight back in the octagon after leaving for Strike Force, where, of course, he had been their 205-pound champ. And he was just coming off his uh, major victory, uh, I guess, probably 
the last kind of big fight that we really had with Fedor Emelianenko, right? And like an uppercut from back turtle position flattened him in that the fight. The H-bomb. It was an H-bomb from a strange angle. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> but, you know, at this point, Henderson, his record 28 and 8, not amazing. But, of course, he comes from a different era. And he'd been the former two-division pride champ as well, just uh, as recently as four years prior to this. So, you know, we're still talking about someone who, late in their in, in their career, really doing work. Really tough guy. No, he's a BMF. I, I think you can certainly say that. <laughs> but Shogun coming into this one, 12 years younger, all, well, just about 12 years younger. He was going to be 29 the following week, I believe. Uh, and he was only eight months removed from losing the UFC title to John Jones. I was there for that one, as I'm sure I've mentioned on the show before. Um, he had a bounce back win in August, though, uh, with a KO of Forrest Griffin, avenged his 2007 loss uh, and moved to 20 and five in his career, too. So, you know, you kind of look at this and you say, OK, you know, Shogun, you know, he's not too far removed from being the champ. He's going against a 41 year old Henderson who, you know, not to knock it, but like, yeah, he did just beat Fedor, Fedor being older, too. Uh, and to come in this one, you, you kind of think Shogun was should have been, you know, looked at as very heavily favored, right? No, uh, I don't know. I would say probably definitely the favorite. I don't know about heavily. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. Um, and of course, it's we have to mention that Shogun was the 2005 Pride Middleweight Grand Prix champ. But the fact that both of these men were so accomplished over in Japan, they had never faced each other. So this was a highly anticipated fight. Yeah, which they actually allude to in on the commentary. They did, they did. So, but it was really nice. It, it's you don't get too many pride and pride anymore. I don't think we're ever going to really get in any of that stuff again. Are they still uh, around? Kind of old timers day fights, right? <laughs> yeah, old t- like the Yankees do. Old timers day. Come on, <laughs> come knock each other's heads off for old times' sake. Maybe maybe they'll put on headgear and stuff, like kind of how they move in the fences at old timers day. <laughs> 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 Judges for this one. No familiar names that we kind of hear anymore. We have Ralph McKnight, Steve Morrow, and Susan Thomas Gitlin. The referee is Josh Rosenthal, who I think is one of the more underrated refs, actually. Yeah. Well, didn't he go to jail? He sure did. But, uh, all right. you know, that doesn't change the way he refereed. Okay. That's fair. He, he did his time. <laughs> round one. Round one. Let's get into it. Uh, what did you see here? Super fast start. H-bomb lands early. Shogun stumbled. And, uh... Oh, yeah, like within, like, what, a minute 15, he's already in big trouble. Yeah, he locked up a 10-figure guillotine. I'm like, I thought, well, at the time, I thought, I thought maybe he's going to choke him here? I, I don't know. But he gets back up, and then it was just bomb after bomb after bomb. Hendo teeing off on Shogun. Busted big wide flurry. open. Huge flurry. Good duration on it, too. Yeah, busted him over his left eye. He's busted open. Yep. Not an ideal way to start. You got <laughs> no. five, four, uh, almost five rounds ahead of you. So, I mean, then they break. I mean understandably hendo needs a little rest after that flurry but then he hurts him again later in the round yeah shogun gets stumbled and then he ends up stumbling hendo very somewhat back and forth towards the end of the round yeah he clipped him a little bit it wasn't too bad right yeah not that much damage i thought hendo had tremendous damage in this round yeah and the duration as you mentioned i thought this was a pretty clear 10-8 in our system for hendo I was honestly, I was a little bit more on the fence than you were just because of the fact that Shogun was able to come back with some pretty good, effective offense in there. But I, I did ultimately lean to the 10, eight as well, just as you did. Um, again, I think the duration, you know, was their duration, you know, duration is kind of a tricky one for me to score. You know, I am not, 
I probably don't have the most advanced understanding of the way duration is scored by a judge. I, I should be forthcoming with that. Uh, professional judges would be able to explain it much better than I. But here, you know, you had you had flurries, you had you know where he was pressing and things like that. But then you also had him kind of coming back off it and being a lot more patient and, and, and that kind of thing. So does that really qualify as duration the way a judge sees it? That's always hard for me to, to gauge, but I think it was a good enough damage round too, that even without that, you can call it a 10, eight. So see, I, I mean, obviously early in the round, I was like, Oh my, he's on pace for a 10, seven. And I, I think you would probably agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly and looked like it was so that way. <laughs> really the Shogun looked like it was, it was probably not going to go very long. I mean, we knew, we knew better. Obviously, so but... I was like at probably 10, seven and a half to, due to the things you mentioned, you know, he's coming off, he's taking some breaks. And maybe didn't check duration that strongly, but for the times he was effective, I thought it was long enough duration where I could actually yeah. check it. And sure, I understand that. I thought the Shogun, you know, offense towards the end really escaped a possible ten seven. I think you're right. I think that that is what made it very easy not to even come close to mm -hmm. the ten seven, which I was not very close to. Again, I was closer to ten nine than the ten seven. Okay. So, but, uh, but actually, you know, if you look at so obviously we both gave this one a 10-8 for Henderson. Yes. Uh, all three judges gave this one to Hendo, 10-9. They didn't entertain a 10-8 here. Um, and as we'll find out, they weren't very inclined to do it at any point. <laughs> Different scoring back then. You know, the, the ABC scoring that we use now, that judges use now, this was modified back in 2016. So things uh, were different back in 2011. But I feel like it's for fights like this that it's like, yeah, we got to kind of clarify this. We got to figure out what an actual 10-8 is, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, I, you know, even at that, I think I probably would have still leaned more 10-9 here than 10 Yeah, I think in, I think eight. I would have scored probably a 10-9 this round. Yeah. Uh, even today. So here I have no problem with it. Maybe later on. Yeah. We might. We'll, we'll get to that. Round two, though. This was a closer round. Probably the closest round of the whole fight, right? Yeah, and I think because it was probably a bit of a slower round. Yes, I wouldn't call it boring. No, definitely not boring. Um, other than like no. kind of that stalled cage sequence in the mm -hmm. middle of the round, that that was not particularly engaging. Like, you know, I don't want to sit here and trash well, the, you know, the the cage elements there, but there was a lot of not really doing things at the cage there, right? Yeah, it, there was a lot of the round that was spent in, in the clinch against the cage. I thought Hendo landed a bit more and harder throughout the round when they weren't against the cage. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Shogun, I, I like you said, had greater effect. He had a few combos of his own. Uh, just you know, I thought Hendo was more effective. Shogun, you're saying had had a few combos of his own. Yes, that's I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Shogun had a few combos of his own, but uh, ultimately I went with Hendo ten nine for being more effective. I considered it a close but clear round for Hendo. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's that's a fair qualification. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. Again, I also went ten nine here. This was definitely a round where no one really pushed. For anything more than that, even in our system. Well, so at, I thought, sorry, I mean, Shogun may have been hurt a little bit. Hendo was landing big shots to start the round. He was, but so, uh, I mean, that was, there was a lot that happened in that round that was not that. And it wasn't, right, I don't think yeah. he had very good duration on the offense. Yeah. I, I think it maybe made Shogun realize, okay, I got to slow this guy down. Let me throw him against the cage for a bit. Yeah, that could be, that could be. But yeah, so I, obviously I gave it a Henderson 10-9. You gave it a Henderson 10-9. So we're both sitting on 2017 for Hendo. Yep. All three judges saw it clearly for Hendo here. This is not a, a fight where we see a lot of uh, judges discrepancy with each other. Everyone's kind of on the same page here. Uh, but yeah, so they have it all Hendo 10-9 and they have it 20 to 18 for him now through two. 
But third round, we did see things open up a little bit more again. Yeah, for sure. Hendo again early on his way to another 10-7. He heard Shogun bad, was close to a finish. Yeah, he kind of hurts him to the body, but then he just smashes him to the side of the head. He's down on the ground, landing big ground and pound. Josh Rosenthal's taking a nice close look. Hey, do I got to jump in here? Mm-hmm. And then Shogun defends. Expertly lets it go on, too. And this is, this is fights like this that I'm like, yeah, Josh Rosenthal, good ref. And the thing that I liked about Shogun is he defended with offense, attacked a heel hook to get himself out of that. And I, I yeah. think that was something that was pretty awesome. Very heads up. It, it wasn't just, oh, let me grab this guy so he can't have any space to land bombs. I mean, he actually attacked with it. So I no, like that. that's high-level stuff. This is someone who's confident in what he can do to try and get himself out. He's not just like hoping and praying that someone gives him a break here. Yeah. So he ended up getting Hendo off and got back up. They clinch again. And in that clinch, Hendo landed some elbows. Yep. Big elbows, (laughs) but he's sucking wind here too. He's kind of his offense. This whole round was coming very much in bursts. You know, he's, he's able to do it for a little while. And this is pretty emblematic of the way Henderson fought for probably like his entire post pride career. You know, he he can give it to you real hard for a little while, and then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna take a break here." Yeah, it's, Kinda, it's all in sprints. Get my win. Yeah. Get 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 some air in, and then he'll come at you again. And then it's like, okay, I gotta take another break. I think it's it similar to what Trevor Whitman was saying about Masvidal. He had like, remember he said, "I got he's got ten bursts left, and that's it." When yeah. he's fighting Usman. Yeah, similar here. No, so. I don't think I don't think you're necessarily wrong, except the bursts I think from from Henderson because obviously they're just larger men. Mm-hmm. They're different types of bursts. And I think they're, they may be infinite from Hendo. That's true. I feel like you <laughs> like give him 10 rounds. The guy can look like he's just dead tired, like he's going to like collapse and die out of exhaustion. But he's still going to have one more little flurry of like two to three punches that any one of them could just flatline. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while he was on the way to 10-7, uh, Shogun ended up on top and did land a decent amount of ground and pound for himself. Yeah, it's some good punches in there. And uh, I still thought this was a 10-8 round for Hendo, regardless of that. I thought he did a lot of damage. Shogun's ear is crazy swollen. Oh, his whole face is a wreck. It's... Like, I was observing this kind of early in the fight. I was looking at him like, yeah, he still looks pretty youthful. Like, obviously, you know, nine years have passed. He doesn't look uh, the same as he did early in his career. We're going to see him fight this weekend, which is why we picked this fight. Uh, and we'll get to that later. But I'm looking at him like, yeah, you know, he still looks like a you know, young looking dude. He's younger than I am. I am at this point. Uh, and then you just see the transformation throughout the fight. And he just, you know, he don't look good anymore. <laughs> he's, he's taking a beating. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I also went for a 10-8 here. Clawed back from what could have been a potential 10-7 uh, and made it interesting. But, because you know, Hendo lets off the gas because he's so tired, like I said. And he also did have his own offense here. So. 10-8 for me, 10-8 for you. We've both got it 30-25 to 25 in our system for Henderson. This is the type of fight, when you look at 30-25, to 25, it's like, man, it's kind of hard to come back from that, right? Yeah, really tough to come back from that. But our system does allow for it because you can get 10-8s and 10-7s in a much more reasonable way. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, so, and you know, as we'll get to, we'll, we'll see why. Before we move to the championship rounds, which, again, no championship on here, but rounds four and five, all three judges did see it for Henderson, 10-9. No drama here. No interest in going to the 10-8. It's just not what they did then. Uh, <laughs> so we got it 30-27s on, on all three cards, which, I mean, given the way it's scored, at this point, if the you know if the fighters knew this, and I'm sure Shogun's Corner pretty much knew that they needed a finish, they did, in fact, need a finish. Yeah, I think I might go 
in this round. Really? Okay. So in our system, you would, or not in our system, but in today's scoring. Possibly, yeah. I think this round was better round than round one for Hendo. I think you're right. I don't know that I would have gone there either. It's it's tough. This is a Mm -hmm. tough call. Yeah. Um, I I do think there's enough here. I I I would say it's one of those things where if you went ten eight or you went ten nine, I'd understand. I'd love to ask Mike Bell. What's that? I'd love to ask Mike Bell. Well, Mike Bell would just give it a 10-8 because that dude, <laughs> he knows a 10-8 when he sees it. All right. I love that. I love it. I love that he pushes it forward. Do your <laughs> thing, Mike Bell. Round four, though. Let's let's move on. We got we got two more rounds to go. What's happening here? This is where we start to see a change. A bit of a change. Hendo was winning earlier, but he wasn't doing much damage. Yeah, it was kind of an unbalanced round. Yeah, he got he got Shogun down on all fours. He's landing a couple knees to the body from the turtle. But once Shogun gets up, he bops Hendo with a big right and Hendo doesn't go down, but he is for sure hurt. He's stumbling all over the place, and part of that is being tired too. <laughs> I, I know it, it. It looked a bit. I'm different not saying it discounts yeah. it, but I'm just saying I think there's part of it. Uh, but then he knocks him down, or he takes him down, and gets to the mount, lands big shots from there, and I thought pretty clear ten eight for Shogun this round. Yeah, I think the the uppercut that gets through the guard that that who that Shogun lands on him. That was that to me was like the punch that just changed everything for Shogun and, and turned around a fight that just wasn't going his way at all. Yeah, definitely the turning point. Hendo, I mean, just how did Hendo not go down being that tired and being that rocked? That's, because that's... that is one tough sob. <laughs> that's just what he is. Dan Anderson. If I ever wanted to just tell, like, if I'm going to explain to my kids one day if they actually care about this sport, who Dan Henderson was, tough yeah. mf'er. That's him. Yeah. Awesome fighter. Mm-hmm. But did you go? But to... he's definitely losing this round here. Oh, yes. And I gave it a 10 8 for Shogun. All right. So we're on page every round so far. We are. We are. And because now he gets a 10 8, it actually starts making things interesting with our scoring system because where it looked like it was going to be almost impossible for him to come back, now he's only down three points, which you can win a round by three points pretty, not easily, but reasonably in our system, right? Yeah. That's. A... He has a route to victory other than finish. Or has exactly. a route. Exactly. So, well, he has a route well, to I, a not lost. He doesn't have a route losing. to victory. He actually yeah. lost that because he didn't get yeah, a 10-7. That, that's but right. He has a path to avoid defeat. Yes. So he, we both got it 38-35. All three judges, of course, gave this one to Shogun because that's the only thing that would have made any sense. Uh, but they have it 39-37. So the only way for Hendo to avoid a loss, or excuse me, for, for the only way for Hendo to not win would be either to get finished or to get 10 aided. Yeah. And round what do you think of round five though? This is a this is a big round for Shogun. Shogun beat the crap out of him for five straight minutes on the ground. Yeah, kind of did. It wasn't I don't think it was relentless though. It was in and you out. almost feel like he could have done more. But they were tired. I get it. Like I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying it's I mean th- he, there he, was room to do more obviously because he didn't get the stoppage. So, but Hendo had no offense this this round. He, he literally had no. <laughs> he actually had eight strikes landed, but none of them were what from what UFC stats classified <laughs> as significant strikes. Oh, so he's kind of thrown off his oh, back well, a little know. bit at one point. So but like literally nothing is landing that's doing anything. You know what I reckon he he would get to half almost a total shot. Yeah, he would get the half guard. Shogun would quickly remount, land some more strikes. He'd grab a clinch, get back to half guard. Shogun would re- remount, break the clinch. Bop him a few more times. That, that was pretty much the whole round. I thought this was a clear 10-7 for Shogun. And he, he also, he's not necessarily locking in any chokes, but you can tell he's 
he's kind of looking for them. He's just he never commits to anything. There was never an attempt. Oh, he's definitely yeah. conscious of them, and, and you can tell he's hoping to kind of set one up. And not just that, he is throwing in those punches you're talking about. So, yeah, I should say that even when he's not throwing, he's definitely being offensive, or at least being offensive-minded. He for sure so wasn't going to He wasn't gonna sell out for a sub that wasn't there. No, no, no. For, it was sm- smart sure. not to. Yeah, he was calculated in, in anything that he was looking for. Although, I mean, you say this, though, because, I mean, he ended up losing the fight, like... The guy's got to know that he lost most of those rounds and he kind of needs a finish. So it's like, well, maybe maybe selling out wouldn't have been such a bad idea. Could Would he have gotten it? I mean, probably not. But uh, you definitely would have liked to seen him push a little harder. Uh, I mean, again, easy for me to say, not just nine years later and from my seat, but having not been a fighter, like uh, how do you push through after that kind of war and that kind of beating he suffered for so much of the fight? Yeah, he probably- so I, I'm respectful of that. He might have thought he could get a finish with just with the ground and pound too, because maybe, maybe, but but again, I you know they make it out of here. Henderson's just dead tired. He can't really do anything anymore. Uh, I have it as a clear ten seven in our scoring system uh, and an obvious ten eight in ABC scoring, at least by modern standards. Oh, for sure, this is definitely a ten eight. Mm-hmm. But but again, so you you're saying a ten seven in our system too. Oh yeah, I scored a ten seven. I thought I mentioned it before, but yeah. Oh sorry, very, maybe, maybe yeah. you did. I'm sorry. Yeah, very clear ten seven for Shogun. And that's exactly what he needed to not lose in our system. So I have it a draw. Forty five, forty five, forty five, forty five. Just like you. I think that's very much uh, indicative of the fight we watched. I think so. Uh, the judges here, though, no interest in giving up ten eights. Obviously, they would have needed to do more to give uh, or take away an extra point from Hendo and. Let Shogun get that. I I don't know what standards were in California at the time. I don't know what these judges were trained to be doing or what their understanding was of the criteria, or even what the criteria was back then. But no 10-8s. I mean, he even heard on the broadcast, uh, I think Henderson was saying he felt like he had a 10-8, which, you know, I don't know if he did or not. But I mean, certainly Shogun had a right to get a 10-8, I think, oh, yeah. by an old standard. Definitely. Around Again, five. I think it's fights like this that this is why there's a new standard that was set 2016 you know the the rewording of the criteria i i did go on mma decisions to look at the scores from the media for this fight and surprisingly yeah. a majority of the media members had 47 47 which means they did score round five for shogun 10 8 Hope, yeah well, yeah actually, i guess so well hopefully not four or perhaps, five but probably yeah. five hopefully no none of the rounds in their scorecards were 10 10s which is very possible but, oh god yeah yeah but let's <laughs> i'm giving the benefit don't read of the too doubt. much into those media scores man as someone who's part of mma media and definitely was scoring fights not for mma decisions back then but i was putting my scores out there like i knew what i was doing and you know i've i've come to realize i certainly didn't know what i was doing as well then so i'm, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and saying they scored round five as a 10-8 yeah and came to that conclusion of 47 47 so but i like that see i i do like the fact that not not necessarily that Henderson doesn't deserve a win, but it's just I don't think either of them deserve to lose. Oh, definitely not. This classic fight, man. They this is a I don't know if there's so many times every time we go back and watch one of these fights, we're like, you know, if we got to show someone a fight to get into this sport, this is the one to show them. It would be a and good one, I think. It yeah, it seems like we'd say that about a lot of fights, but this fight for real is <laughs> ridiculous. Well, I mean, it was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame, you know, for whatever that's worth uh, a few years ago. So clearly, the UFC wanted to preserve the status of this as a legendary fight. And I think they were right too. Definitely. It had everything it had. If you're a fan of striking, it had big strikes. If you're a fan of just blood, it had a lot of blood. If you're a fan of the ground, oh, game, who doesn't love blood? It powers my body. <laughs> 
And if you're a fan of the ground game, there was a bunch of grappling in this round. It was just all around such a good fight. It it really was terrific. And and hats off to both men. I, I obviously Henderson got tired and Shogun was probably as exhausted as he could be too. But you just to, you, to see them push through it and do their best to just they, they they're too mentally tough to give up. So good on them. Yeah, great fight. But you know, honestly, neither neither fighter was the same after this fight. I don't know if you could say this fight changed them in kind of a Ali Frazier kind of way, mm. but they didn't really have the same success after here, you know, after coming in on some pretty decent success. And again, Henderson's 41. So how much could you realistically expect? But aside of the fact that these two rematched and Hendo won by round three uh, knockout, just straight up knockout in another wild fight for as long as it lasted. Uh, Henderson, he only won two other fights out of uh, his final nine of his career. Again, beyond that one. So Take away the rematch, he didn't really find much success the rest of the way, and a lot of them were finishes too. He 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 had submissions. He had times he was knocked out. It was just not the greatest finish. Although he did get a uh, a shot at Michael Bisping's championship in his final in his final fight, and he actually put up a little bit of a fight early on before kind of again losing steam. Well, that's, that was good for uh, Mike to get a little bit of revenge. Yeah, yeah, after <laughs> after being the the subject of a, a meme that still is out around today. That uh, that is definitely going to outlive the rematch. <laughs> I, people will always remember that. They won't remember that uh that Henderson lost the second time. Uh but Shogun too, again, earlier in the year, he started the year as the champion. Uh and then ended it 1 and 2 in the calendar year of 2011. He only won two fights over the next nearly 4 years or so, although he has gone 5-1 one, and 1 over the, the last 5 years now. But he's just—he's clearly not a title contender anymore. Um, he, that one draw that we mentioned was against Paul Craig almost exactly a year ago from now. Yeah, and that's setting up this Saturday's rematch at UFC 255. The the fights that we got to talk about, right? Yeah, for sure. Segways a plenty right here. <laughs> I actually we'll, want... we'll talk about that one a little later. Let's start with the main events though, because we got on well, the main event, but then the co-main event. We got two title fights. Two title fights, both 125 pounds. Mm-hmm. The men and the women. Let's start with the men's side because that's that's the the top billing here. We got Davis and Figueroa, the champ, making his first title defense against Alex Perez. Uh, what do you yeah, think of this one? I think Mister Figueroa is a bad man, and I think he's going to go in there and finish Alex Perez. He is the god of war. Uh, I will not pronounce it in Portuguese because I don't want to butcher that language. I think it's a beautiful language. I could just call him Kratos. I do love me some god of war. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, honestly, uh, of all the guys for Figueroa to get the first title defense against him. I think Perez is the most deserving at 125. He's got a great body of work, you know, and don't let MMA math fool you. If you look at his resume, he's got a TKL loss a couple years ago to Benavidez, which yeah, Figueredo blasted Benavidez two times this year, but MMA math doesn't work. I don't necessarily look at that and say, well, because he didn't win there, he obviously couldn't beat uh, Figueredo now. No, I, I mean, I guess there's a way from the win. I just don't see it. I think Figueroa. I mean, I, I guess I don't much... really either. I mean, I do see. I don't want to say that I don't see a way to win. I think Perez's game, and I still want to see more of what Figueroa could do. Let's say if Perez survives, or not even just survives, but is hanging over those first few rounds. You know what's going on when the fight goes later. You know when when we get to the point of like a, a Shogun and Hendo, right? I don't know. Maybe you can break him. You never know. Let's see what I just uh, don't know. will is you know. You have the will to go five hard rounds. Hmm. Yeah, honestly, though, it's not such a bad thing that Cody Garbrandt, who was originally supposed to get this fight, uh, that one got scrapped and Cody got hurt. No offense to Cody. Uh, but I do like the fact that we've got a bonafide 
125 pound contender fighting a 125 pound champ in the champ's first defense, at least. How great is it that this division didn't get folded? Because I think it's starting to shape up now. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Uh, I definitely don't want it to go away. I think I think uh, you know, I don't I don't mean to be derisive, but I think the little guys deserve to have this division. I think it's always deserved to be here. It's just deserved some more chances, deserve more chances to grow. They just need personalities. It doesn't matter if you get the right personality in there. You can sell this division. Yeah, for sure. I don't know that Figueredo is it, but I think oh, I know there's still time is. to find that person. Oh, I got that person. We'll who's talk, that person? We'll talk about him in a little bit. Oh, of course. I think I know who you mean. <laughs> but who do you think? What do you think of this fight? What do you? What's your pick? I'm going Figueredo, uh by murder. By murder. Okay. Um. Well, murder is defined as a legal term. Knockout. Intent. No knockout TKO. All right. All right. That's fine. <laughs> what, what round though? What do you think? Uh, second. Go second. I'm gonna say round three TKO for okay. for Figueredo. All right. But I think Perez will will put up a bit of a fight. We shall see. He did knock out uh, Formiga. So I'll tell you who I don't think is going to put up much of a fight, though, is Jennifer Maya against the women's flyweight champ, Valentina Shevchenko. I, what do you say here, though? Like Shevchenko's just going to destroy her sooner or later, right? Uh, eventually, she's going to get smashed. I mean, her win is her. She got this off a win off of Joanne Calderwood, who took the fight just to stay busy. Yeah. And she ended up. You know, capitalizing, so credit to her, but I, I don't see her being able to beat a bullet here. And, and this isn't necessarily a slight on Maya, who I actually, you know, I've, I followed her back when she was fighting for Invicta and she was one of the top flyweights before UFC even had the flyweight division. Um, she's a worthy challenger. You know, the, the win over Calderwood is no joke. And she's been at the top of this division for quite a while, but I mean, Who's who's even remotely close to Bullet at this division? Like, there's nobody there for her. She's kind of just kind of in the same boat as Amanda Nunes, her, her you know her past rival, where there's no one in her weight class who comes even remotely close. Like, it's not going to be competitive. It's not going to be like even interesting. It's really just you kind of look at it as like a fascination thing. Like, when is Shevchenko going to destroy her? And pretty much it, yeah. It's, what round does she want to finish this fight in? Yeah, I, that's or, how I almost look at it. It's like whatever she, she wanna, wants. Or does she want to, you know, make Maya suffer for five rounds? Play play with her food? Pretty much, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. the one, like you said, there's no other challenger for Shevchenko in this division that's even remotely close. So I say just put her sister against her and have the two sisters fight. You're sick, man. Because at least there's some there's a story there that's kind of fun. Yeah, there's nothing nothing less fun than than a sister who could murder her sister in the cage to <laughs> potentially murder her sister in the cage. You're talking about murder. This this would well, I don't know it would be murder here. Uh manslaughter, I believe is the, okay. the name of the charge. <laughs> but I'm going with Shevchenko. Uh the, if she wants a quick night, it'll be round one. It really depends when she wants to finish. That's gonna be a TKO. A lot of her finishes have been coming in, I believe, the second round. I'll I'll say round two KO. All right. Flash, flash KO, just just a hard lightning highlight reel KO. I'm all, I'm all for it. Who are the judges? Who probably? I don't think they're going to be needed for either of these fights. But who who uh, who's going to be on this card? Well, they're going to get assigned, of course. Regardless, I don't know who is going to get assigned them. But if I had to take a guess, and I don't even know who's going to be in town necessarily out of these guys, but here's my guess at six individuals who could be lined up for any of these two title fights. Sal D'Amato, Eric Cologne, Chris Lee, and don't worry about him. He's a high-caliber judge. Don't let last week bother you about it. Junichiro Camillo, Mike Bell, 
and Ron McCarthy. Those are the six guys that I'm going to say are like the contenders to get the title fight assignments. That's just my guess, though. I don't know this. It sounds like a good group. I mean, they're all they're all high caliber judges. Every single one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a deep card, though, dude. It's I mean, oh. forget these title fights. They're not like the most interesting necessarily because of the lack of uh, competitiveness, I think, here. But the rest of the card, I'm very excited for a lot of these fights. Uh, chiefly uh, Shogun and, and, well, not even chiefly necessarily. There's a few I like better, but Shogun against Craig, too. We were just talking about that. Yeah, and I, I watched the first fight, and I don't think it should have been a draw. should have been a win for Shogun. I don't know how Craig got a 10-8 uh, in the first round. That was a bit strange to me. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. They're going to settle it on Saturday. Yeah, why not? It'll be a fun fight. A lot of the first also fight... got Joaquin Buckley coming in off of that insane KO from, what, Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, how long? Yeah, ago? Yeah, I, I don't know how long ago that was. But Every, yeah. Time, time is a flat circle. Yeah. So the the KO that people have dubbed the greatest KO of this all time, that guy is fighting Joaquin Buckley. He can't live up to the hype though. Like, there's no <laughs> way you can go in expecting that. So, but I think he comes to fight. He's fighting against Jordan Wright. I think it'll be a fun fight no matter what. Yeah, I mean, if he finishes it with a Dusty Rhodes elbow where he rolls his hands and then bops him on the head and he ends it like that, I mean, maybe that's the best KO of all time. Could be. Uh, there's a bunch of other fights. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Shevchenko's fighting. Oh, that's that's gonna be your. Never mind. I won't bring that up. But and a bunch of other fights. We got Caitlin Chukagin fighting Cynthia Calvillo. That should be. A I great, like that one. Great women's fight. Mike Perry's on the card against Tim Means. I think everyone's probably rooting for Tim Means. Heck yeah. <laughs> Dawkus is back on the card. Kyle Dawkus. The, the yeah, that's right. You got to distinguish. There are two Dawkuses yes, in the UFC. The smaller of the two. He's back in there. I love Daniel Rodriguez, no. though. You, you mentioned Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, this is a great card up and down, but what is the one fight you're looking forward to? Oh, for me, it's it's the queen of violence, Ariane Lipsky, going against the other Shevchenko, Antonina, uh, at flyweight. A lot of flyweight fights, actually, on this card, like uh, at both men's and women's that are interesting. Moving the uh, division along. Lipsky, you know, she came off that summer, uh, that nasty knee bar. You remember that one? Yeah, where that was uh, sick. Luana Carolina let out like a shriek. Just cried out. And... Oh, it's just that was brutal. It was sickening. <laughs> but uh, you know, she she hits hard. She got some six subs. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to her when he's turning to action. And Shev, the other, the other Shevchenko. I don't mean to call her that, but you know, it's easier to do, I guess, than Shevchenko. We don't want to confuse people. Uh, she, you know, the, her losses in the UFC, they've been to fighters that were well above her in the rankings in Roxanne Mataferi, Caitlin Chukagan, and Jake Caitlin Chukagan. That's right. These are these are women that she should not have been fighting other than her name value i think there so i think this is much better matchmaking but i do have lipsky winning by submission let's say round two i i agree with you i think lipsky by submission here she's not going to want to stand especially after seeing what chukagin did to shevchenko on the ground in their fight in their fight i think she'll uh she'll go out there look to take it to the ground and then sub her yeah i i that's kind of how I see the fight going, but we'll see. I, I'm not, I'm not writing off Shevchenko again. I think this is the level of, this is much better matchmaking. Definitely better matchmaking. I'm, I'm happier to see it. What about you though? What's, what's, I mean, we've got a ton of fights here. Did you name your best fight or your mo- the one you're most looking forward to? You not, got one else. It's going to be Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royville. Bonus for Royville back again, right? I've been on the Royville train since the kid showed up. And was crying because he didn't want to go to work the next day, which should, shouldn't happen for a professional athlete. But I mean, everyone cries because they don't want to go to work the next day. <laughs> oh no, just me? No, <laughs> no, I like my job. This is the as I was talking about earlier. This is the personality the flyweight division needs. And if this kid can win the belt, I think that division takes off. He's just so much fun to watch. 
Oh yeah, I mean, the... everything about him. This I thought was a perfect fight to put as the lead into the pay per view. The you know their featured prelim as they call it because it's definitely going to for people who don't always watch and maybe they'll tune in for something like this. They'll watch this fight and be like, oh wow, flyweights are fighting tonight, and this is what they look like. That's awesome. Maybe I will buy it. Yeah, smart. This is, very smart. I mean, both guys good submissions. Both guys fun on the feet. And it's come on, let's go. This is gonna be fight of the night. You got a pick for for how it ends. Oh, bonus for Royville, another bonus. Lock it up. Uh, going with rear naked choke. Rear naked choke, not uh, not omoplata, huh? No, because I don't, I don't think any of these guys would tap to an omoplata. They might <laughs> use the omoplata to set up a sweep or something. I feel like that's not stopped but, you from making that pick before, though. You just love omoplatas. There's certain people I feel would tap to the omoplata. Okay, I'll keep that in mind for the future. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say TKO Royville round one. I think oh, it's gonna early. be kinetic for like that's, three and a half minutes, yes. and then it's over. That's that. I mean, that's the one thing I'm worried about, Royal, because they're kind of push him along into this higher competition very quickly. But I mean, there's really no place else to go because no, the division is quite shallow. Not, so, and that's not necessarily a knock on Moreno. I think it's just that Royal really is kind of a diamond in the rough. I was imp- remember I told you about him even before he debuted. I said go watch those fights on YouTube. You remember that? And I did. And now he's my favorite li- flyweight. I feel like he's probably your your favorite fighter under like 145 pounds. Oh yeah, he's up there. And that sound means it's time for me to go play my new PlayStation 5. I mean, wrap up this show. <laughs> yeah, go play that PS5. I'm, I'm so glad that I got it. I'm very excited. Uh, I just installed it played a little bit earlier today. But but anyway, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. You know, check out these fights. We're going to be talking about them again on Monday and breaking down the judging if necessary. Yep. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. <laughs>